From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. Welcome to The LPV Show. It's Thursday, March 5th. We're at Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, and I'm excited about this week's guest. Yeah, uh, Ethan Jones is Ethan Arrow Jones. Ethan Arrow Jones. <laughs> One of Tom's friends, you went to school with him. Yeah, I, I like to think I made him famous. <laughs> right. I was photo editor at the College Magazine, uh-huh. and before I knew Ethan, I put a picture of him on the cover, like the first issue of the year. Nice. And he was like a mascot. But it was the way I got, <laughs> I got introduced to him. Nice. And he's so, so he, Ethan worked uh, for, and we'll get into this in the, in the show, he worked for Alex Soth in Minnesota. So I'm a Minnesota boy as well too, so it was good to talk about that. It did get a little confusing at the beginning, I apologize, but uh, it's becoming the norm on the show, it seems. <laughs> it's you your, know what it's I, your style. I know, I think, you know, and I've been thinking about this, and what I like a little bit of awkwardness at the beginning, because I think it, it kind of eases people into it. And it's a good excuse for me to mess up, So, but we're working on it. Um, you know, We've been working hard on the show here. We got an Instagram going. You can follow us on Instagram. It's LPV Show. And you can always follow us on our on the blog on Tumblr. It's blog.lpvshow.com. We put all the book spreads that we talk about up on the show, some behind the scenes photos. Yeah. Um, and I think people are liking the visual element of it. We've actually gotten a few comments about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know another podcast that documents to that level. <laughs> well, you bring a bunch of photographers into a room and they're going to probably take pictures. But I like it and I think people have been into it and, you know, the guests haven't been too shy about it. So it's, yeah. you know. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy our conversation with Ethan. You know, when you go back home and you talk to your family, it all comes out, you know. Yeah, it's in the O's. Like. It's in the O's, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Are you rolling, Tom? We are rolling. Okay, so it is January 31st, 2015. We're in Bushwick at Stockholm Studios, our official title, right, Tom? Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And we have uh, today with us, we have Ethan Arrow Jones. And he's a photographer and a printer. And would we call you an assistant to Alex Solth? Um, collaborator? Not, not, not really, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> definitely, definitely not a collaborator. Um, and not really an assistant. Like, I don't go out of the studio uh-huh. or whatever. Um, what I do is I run a business out of his studio called Big Al's. Mm-hmm. And Big Al's is a drum scanning and large format inkjet printing business for photographers around North America. And this is like a shameless plug right off the bat. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so basically Alec like has a large studio in in, uh, St. Paul and has equipment he's, you know, not using every day. He's not making prints all the time. And the drum scanner really can be used constantly if, you know, but he's not using it. So I'm essentially there to make money off of his stuff for him and <laughs> nice. myself. And yeah. so it's great um, that, and so, you know, his work is technically printed at Big Al's and that uh-huh. it's on that equipment. I, I actually, like, on a normal day, don't print his work. Uh-huh. He has a studio manager, Carrie Thompson, who prints uh-huh. his work. Um, but with his show for Songbook that just came out, like, that was, there's three concurrent exhibitions of Sean Kelly, mm-hmm. Franco Gallery in San Francisco, and uh, Weinstein Gallery in Minneapolis, all, like, 
opening within a month. Wow. So wow. there's a lot of prints. And so Carrie and I worked on like all of them together. And there's some late nights in uh, November and December yeah, and long yeah. weekends, but it was, and this, it was really fun. Yeah. I was hoping to have Songbook, but I don't, it didn't come and I was a little too oh. lazy to go to the Strand, so. I should have brought a copy. Oh yeah, well. I mean, I've seen so much of it, you know, I feel, but like yeah. I, this, it changes, you know, in the book that's all out of context now and it's a very special kind of sequence, right? Yeah, it's a different, I mean, he works, Alec works tirelessly like in sequencing books. He has numerous drafts, I mean, some of which I saw in progress, some mm -hmm. of which I didn't. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, there's always like a cool time when he'd be like, have his projector out, like, hey, can I get some feedback? <laughs> I'd like flip through a rough draft of like the sequence on Songbook and be like, oh, that one looks good there. Like, you know, but mostly he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just trying to like make sure it's not like crazy, but yeah. mostly he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so it's your, your two fellow Minnesotans. I'm, I'm from St. Cloud, well, born and raised. Well, Ethan Jones, I'll have you know, is from. The state of Virginia. But he's living, but it's out, so that's what I'm saying. So you're yeah. from Virginia, but how long have you lived in Minneapolis? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years? Mm -hmm. When did you move? So you moved there two and a half years ago. Where were you before that? I was in Chicago. Chicago? I went to grad school at Columbia College okay. in Chicago, and uh, I finished, and I was looking for something to do, and this amazing opportunity of the gals opened up, so it was a better job than I could have gotten probably anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. But then you're stuck in Minneapolis. St. Paul. Yeah, well, <laughs> studios in St. Paul, right. I live in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there's some advantages to that, but yeah. also, you know, I like, I really love living in Chicago. I left behind uh -huh. some good friends there, and I have a lot of good friends in New York. So yeah. um, those are places that socially, I think, might be like more fun. But right. I mean, I've developed some really good friends. In two and a half years living there, I moved there knowing nobody. Uh -huh. So in the last two and a half years, you know, I've got some good friends there now. So. Yeah. So I lived in I lived in Uptown when I lived in Minneapolis. Okay. So, but all my friends lived in Northeast, and that's where it's. So Northeast is kind of like the, I don't know how would you describe it. I guess it's kind of like the, kind of like the Bushwick of Minneapolis a little bit, you know, hmm. old uh, like you know Eastern European Polish like enclaves, and then you know a lot of young professionals and artists. Doing Absolutely. It. So it's it's cool. I mean, we you know, and then there's a lot of like crummy bars right down by the river and it has you know, the most like small neighborhood bars yeah. anywhere in the area um which is terrific you'll go into some of them and just be like the old polish guys and some of them are like a little hipper now and like a couple of young, yeah. young arts guys mm. yeah. um the thing is it's like i guess crucial to understanding the layout of northeast is that it's you know minneapolis is built as like a milling city it's got the only and the most downstream waterfall on the Mississippi River. So after Minneapolis, all the way to New Orleans, there's not another naturally occurring waterfall. Mm -hmm. oh. And so they use it to power flour mills. And so there in Northeast, there's like a lot of empty warehouse buildings that are like from that era and some. So there's like great space for artist studios. And yeah. so because of that and some other things, I think there's, you know, so like, the light posts have banners that say like, it's the arts district, whatever yeah. that means. It's not yeah. like there's, there's no, and there's not even like, the there's not the su support to even have like a gallery area in mm -hmm. Minneapolis. I know galleries are sort of there's like a few here and there, but there's not like there's no neighborhood for that. And yeah, yeah. No, I mean like theater is really big in Minneapolis, oddly. Mm -hmm. You know, and then music. Scene. I don't even know how the music scene is these days, but obviously from the you know eighties, you had the replacements and Prince, Prince, obviously. And yeah. So it was really big, but I think the music stuff is still like relatively pretty big there. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of people into it. For yeah. Sure. Good radio station. 
Which radio station? Is it like the wave? I'm not too familiar. Uh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Tom, that's a <laughs> personal reference for Tom. No, I, I'm obviously I'm a big fan of Minneapolis. It's just when you grow up there, and and I, you know, I grew up an hour and a half away. It becomes yeah. really small, and it was like I had to get out of there. So well, I moved thing, to LA. <laughs> the thing that's crazy about moving there is there's like a, this real feeling that like I was a total outsider. Like a lot, it's pretty insular. Like a lot of people that live there have always lived there, or there's like. So I was like, oh, yeah, I lived here, and then I went away for college, and I came back, uh-huh. yep. or something like that. And, I mean, on the one hand, it like, has some sort of, like, positive thing to it where people do like it there, but uh-huh. the, there's a lot of people that leave, obviously, too. I mean, I have another friend I went to RIT with that grew up there and left and lives here. Right. So. Yeah, was that Ralph? Ralph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a couple conversations with him. But, no, I mean, if I, if I wasn't from there, I would love to move to Minneapolis. It would be a great... It's just it's too small for me, especially after being in New York or L.A. It really shrinks big time. Every time I go back, it just feels like, yeah. you know, it's basically Minneapolis is like a neighborhood in New York. Huh. I mean, it's, you put like three of them to like Astoria, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, and then you got basically Minneapolis, you know. <laughs> but in the thing with Minneapolis, too, is you, you really got to stay in Minneapolis or St. Paul. Once you get out into the suburbs, it becomes a nightmare, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't spend much time in the suburbs. I don't know. I don't even know much about them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're they're kind of like the standard two rings. You know, you got the four ninety four and six ninety four looping around, and then you, so you got the first level suburbs, and then you know the outer level, and it just keeps going. It is pretty. Yeah, that's where like all my friends live out there. But well, enough about Minnesota. So you're a, a couple years ago, you went on the road and you collaborated with um, what was his name? Your collaborator's name. David David Wright. David Wright. So you guys went on the road to do, and the project was called Pause to Begin. And I remember when it went up, it was a pretty ambitious yeah. project. And it's, you guys went on the road, you visited for other photographers, right? Yeah, I mean, it might have even been almost overly ambitious when we started. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot to chew off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it sort of grew out of like, so, so Dave was my roommate in uh-huh. Maine. Um, I moved to Maine after I finished undergrad at RIT and... You know, looking for a job, and Maine seemed like a good place to live, and uh-huh. I lived there for like almost two years. Um, and you know, winter in Maine, like there's a lot of big summer community. A lot of people spend the summer there, uh-huh. and it sort of dies off in the winter. So like, looking for things to do and brainstorming ideas, and we're like, there's no community here. Like <laughs> the community we had in the summer, because like, we we worked at the Maine photo workshops, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so you know, there's lots of photographers around, and they can talk like this about photography and stuff, right. which is great. And then it dries up, and we're like, "Hey, we we need to meet some other people." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, sort of out of that, and out of like this thing, like that was there's like a that was like sort of in the middle of like a photo blogging boom, I right? Would, I would say that yeah. sort of it doesn't seem as big as it was then. No, 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 definitely not. Um, and but there was like something about that that seemed like somewhat impersonal. Like it's like all remote, and it was just like using all that. And we were like, hey, we should do something like utilizing this, but we should use it as a means to go around and meet these other photographers. Right. And so we just put out an open call and contacted the people with other blogs. I'm like, hey, can you mention this, get people to apply? And like we figured out, like we're, I'm like personally still not super into competitions that charge money. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I it's agree. like really, but like, you know, we didn't have any money ourselves and we wanted to do this. So we did charge a, like what we thought was a pretty low fee. It was like 35 bucks or something. I paid. Yeah. <laughs> it was like great to have friends pay. But it also yeah. was like really compromising. Like, well, we know them and we love them. Right. <laughs> it's really yeah. hard to yeah. choose yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but... 
then it was, but so, but that money then like entirely went into this like amazing like month long whirlwind trip of us driving from mm-hmm. Maine, and it ended up working out like somehow that like the photographers were in this like perimeter loop around the lower forty eight almost oh, okay. completely. And this is pre Kickstarter too. Yeah, yeah, this is pre Kickstarter, so that wasn't an option. And so, but so we got like enough submissions that we had the money to fund a month long road trip around the country. It was like uh-huh. over ten thousand miles of driving. Wow. In Exactly a month. It was like May first to May thirty first. You camped a lot too. It was like a lot of camping. There was a couple of times we were driving through like Montana and like it's cold nights, like it might snow, and we're like, we don't really have camping gear for this at all. Like total amateurs. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, we're just gonna try and get into like a hotel tonight. And we're in like Bozeman, Montana, and it's graduation weekend. Of oh, course. Yeah. And it's like things are all booked up, and we drive to like the next town. It's like still booked up. Uh. And, like we stayed in like the worst hotel I've ever stayed in. It was like eighty bucks a night in like middle of nowhere in Montana. Oh. <laughs> it was just, like, like the place where somebody gets killed. Like, yeah, so it was still like yeah. really full, yeah, but yeah. I was like. Definitely just sleeping in my sleeping bag on top of the bed. Yeah. Like, I don't trust these sheets to be clean. Uh, so you get, you did, like, audio interviews as well, too. Yeah. Um, right? So, yeah, that was, like, I think the, the, the buzzword at the time was, like, multimedia or something. Right. And so I think we called them, like, some sort of multimedia interview. So uh-huh. we put together some sort of slideshow with, like, an audio interview. Um, and so it was, like, a video podcast showing... The, yeah, it was essentially, yeah. like, a slideshow of pictures with... With maybe a portrait we took of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, mean, I haven't looked at them in a while. I forget exactly <laughs> what the final editorial decisions were. But I think we sort of cut out a lot of the conversation and made it sound more like they were talking about their work. Right. We, the way we edited it together. Um, but that was like so fun. Um, I mean, some of the some of the photographers we met were just like so welcoming. They, some of them put us up in their like living room floor. If uh-huh. they, that was all they had, or like it was. But it was or like and cooked us meals. I mean, it would like. It took care of us. It was like amazing. I mean, the you know, Alejandro. Uh, I forget how to say it. Cartagena. Cart- yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm terrible with pronunciation. Um, yeah. I knew it at the yeah. time because like I'd met him. And he, but anyway, he's an amazing guy. I've amazing met him like twice. He's like so friendly. So friendly. Yeah, he he's literally. He, I mean, he just and he's got so much enthusiasm. I mean, he's yeah. great. I mean, you talk. Look at the way his projects have evolved. He's very organic. The way he like pursues his project where one project leads into the yeah. next and he kind of just stumbles upon these the carpoolers is like his most famous thing of shooting from the overpasses of the the laborers going into oh, what is the suburb that he he lives in Monterey, Monterey yeah right. which is where like Tecate and like Corona are brewed mm-hmm. and it's like a really it's like I think he told us when we were there, like almost a four million people live there. Hmm. It's a very large city. I mean, obviously much more than Mexico City, but it's right. it's it's a metropolitan area. It's almost half the size of New York. Yeah, it's huge. Right. It's way bigger than most American cities. Um, and but it's a it's a mountainous desert region, and so and so we got there. We didn't actually drive there. Mm-hmm. That we we drove to San Antonio and took the. Greyhound. And, oh, wow. And, and it was like the Mexican Greyhound. <laughs> oh, Which wow. was like an interesting experience. Yeah. I mean, there weren't like a lot of white American guys on the bus. <laughs> right. Um, but that was, and that was like a seven and a half hour bus ride from San Antonio. So we, and then, um, but that was, you know, that was a great experience. But he was so welcoming. I mean, we like stayed with him for like two nights down there and like he took us to great Mexican restaurants right. and like got an amazing driving tour of like the whole region led by him. I mean, he really like, he took a lot of time out of his yeah. daily life to like really show us like how he makes his work. It was such amazing insight. So like 
he, at the time, the work that he applied with and we, we selected him for was he was photographing like the river beds that were drying up right. there and sort of how they're used. I mean, you know, there's some of them are just like a flash floods when it will rain and that's it. And like people will die because I was using for like soccer fields when it's like <laughs> dry. And, it was, and it's like, and, and then they're just like polluted, like some people don't care. And then he's also like, and then he was telling us about this work he was making that I don't think many people had seen yet. It was like he was photographing these rows and rows and rows of like housing they were building, right? Just like really repetitive and like these bright colors and yeah. Um, it was like it was that was like an amazing, amazing person to visit. Yeah. So and you ended up publishing a book. Yeah. That was kind of like the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. So we thought it'd be you know because we'd visit all these people, we thought we needed to make something that was like really tangible for people to experience like the content that we drove. So it was like good to have an online presence with, you know, video podcast type element okay. and stuff. But we also really believed in that we should have some kind of book. And so we like wrote a little bit about, you know, their work mm -hmm. from our perspective and, and, you know, through what we learned meeting and talking with them and sort of seeing where they made work often. I mean, we met Sonia Thompson in Milwaukee at her studio, which oh. was also terrific. And, um, things like that, and and so you know, and then we had a selection of their work in it, just sort of. So, were you guys making your own photos as well? I imagine. Or I mean, yeah, it was much? like our schedule was was tight. So, like mm -hmm. you know, we'd be we'd meet Matt Ike in like Ohio. He was living in Athens, Ohio at the oh, time, mm -hmm. and then like you know, we got to be in Milwaukee pretty soon. Like right. so, like. <laughs> It's, and like you know, trying to do it in a month was like all we had time to be able to I mean, okay. do it. Like to get that far that quickly sort of and we had some there's some places we stopped with friends along the way and stuff uh -huh. but what was the hardest part of the whole pause to begin project it was a little bit of a letdown after the trip because <laughs> 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 yeah. like you know the trip is really exciting uh -huh. and you've done all this stuff and you've met all these people and that was like really great and then yeah. you then you just have like the content you got to do work yeah. right? <laughs> together. Yeah. and I think like that part took longer it was slower than like I ever imagined it would be and we also tried to have an exhibition of the stuff and uh -huh. so that took a lot of planning so mm -hmm. um, through going to um, RIT I knew people in Rochester New York that could help with the publishing of the book and had the gallery space. So I was at Booksmart Studio, and that was a really great experience to have, to be able to have the exhibition right, and right. stuff. So have you done anything like that since? I mean, do you, like the curatorial editing stuff, or was this kind of a one-time deal, you think, for you? You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I haven't done, like, anything close to that scale uh -huh. since. So afterwards, I mean, that finished, it was... 2008, when we went on the road trip, it was like by like the following January, like January 2009, I think, when the mm -hmm. exhibition finally opened and the book was ready. And then, you know, I was sort of looking what to do. And part of that experience, like, made me realize, like, hey, I really want to also focus on my own work. Like, these people are doing great stuff. And, yeah. like, they, like, that's, there's a real interest of mine in that, too. And, like, uh, and, and so, and I was kind of done living in Maine at some point in there. I, you know, the timeline gets blurs together a little bit how that yeah. transition went. But I went to, uh, so I ended up like, basically like grad school was always something in my mind. I ended up applying to grad school. I go to Chicago and like focus a lot on making my work. And so that's sort of where I've been since then. I mean, I, I still have like some some desire to do some, like, I don't know if it's like, curating really I don't really consider myself a curator I'm right. not even sure that project was curating as much as it was like outreach editing. yeah yeah and, like editing and stuff and like 
Um, Cause like, you know, I think that's like something I learned in grad school too. Like you like meet like real curators that like work in museums. <laughs> yeah. and like how much work and research and stuff they do. There's like this, I think that's like this term on the internet of like curating that gets thrown around oh, so, so loosely yeah. in a way that like, if I was a curator at like a museum, it's like insulting. No, yeah. right? I, yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. I, I specifically tell people when they try to call me a curator, I'm like, please don't. I'm an editor, or, you know, yeah. editor, writer. Like I'm not doing, this is a different level of thing. Thing. And I don't know why saying you're an editor is, you know, because that's a big, that's a hard job too. You yeah, know? there are people really, full-time editors yeah, also do great work. Do great stuff. But curate, yeah, because you're selecting stuff on the web, I just don't see it, you know. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where the definition just morphs into something else. So it's kind of like yeah. people who know, you know, they know what real curators do. And it's like there's, there's a difference. You know, yeah. this is the same same thing. No, this is like this thing that happens, and I mean, it's just like I guess this is what happened with like the. I mean, or maybe this is just when I was like going through college and like mm -hmm. sort of learning all about all these photographers everywhere and like contemporary art and all this is happening at the same time. But like, it seems to me that like there's something about the online like blogging thing that happened in the photo blog boom in like 2005, six, right, seven, right. eight. That like led to this online curating thing right. and, um, and but, then, but then it's like the, right, right. Then it's like the, yeah. the people that have really active blogs and stuff uh -huh. and then like photographers then kept their own blogs and then like all this stuff is going on it's like then like those online curating things you really just see the people that have really active online presence right. a lot yes. and so it's like it becomes like sort of like a, a club. Well, yeah. I'll, I mean, I know it very well. I know, I mean, I know most of those the old school photo bloggers and I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I always tried to progress it where like, I didn't want to just have a blog, so I tried to do a magazine, and I did yeah. seven issues of the magazine, and that was fun, but then now everyone, you know, there's a lot of magazines out there, and to me, it just wasn't conceptually challenging, you know, to select this work, and it's like, well, why why am I really doing sure. this, you know? So that's kind of why we I morphed this into doing the podcast, because to me, people always say, well, we want to have the conversation. And the conversation normally like Facebook comments or going back and forth on a blog. I'm like, if you're going to have the conversation, I want to actually sit down and have it. Like sit with the people and talk about the yeah. photo books and do it that way. Because that's, the, you know, I think that's where you really kind of learn from one another. And I'm all, we're exposed to, you know, all these different books that, you know, we probably would never see. So that's kind of my... You know, I want to have the conversation. If people want to listen, I guess they can listen. <laughs> but, um, it's, podcasts are an interesting thing, th thing to me because, like, they've become really, really popular and, like, they're great. And, like, I love them. I like, listen to this stuff. And, right. But, like, it's it's funny because, like, a lot of, like, the, the media that seems to be, like, consumed with, like, that was, like, you know, just talking about, like, blogging and stuff. Like, it's so, like, seems really visually oriented. And it's interesting that, like, this thing with, like, even, like, you can talk about photography and we're not, like, you can't see pictures in this. And, right. But, like, I, hopefully it's, like, engaging and, and interesting. And, yeah. like, you know, the, the idea of, like, having, like, conversations in person is, I think, still, like, a, yeah. something that everyone strives for. And, and to me, yeah, and definitely, like, the books, too. I mean, obviously, we're in the, the photo book boom and most people, we think, like, that's kind of the vehicle that people are choosing. But a lot of these books you can't get a hold of. But photographers each have their own kind of like killer collection of photo books. So it's always interesting when they bring it and it's like, here's the book you got to see. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, and it's not, not normally like something that maybe was a big hot seller the last year. It's something from 15 years ago. And that people have probably forgot. But then now you see it for the first time. You're like, whoa, you know. This is the first yeah. edition? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the Lorca de Corsia book we saw in, with Noah's? 
Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but the one he showed us, just like, I can't believe this. I've never seen all these Lorca de Corsia photos, you know? I keep wanting to say songbook, but that's wrong. <laughs> oh, some story time. Yeah, I don't know. Story, I yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, storybook yeah. life. Yes. Storybook yeah. life. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we saw that, and it was just, damn, this guy is so good, you know? So, like, that's really the impetus for me is I really want to see these books and talk to the people. And, 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 yeah. You know. oh, I but, think it's great. I mean, we haven't even mentioned your own photography. Yeah, you're the only only photographer that's brought, brought prints. prints. Yeah. This is awesome. Well, yeah. I don't have a book together yet. Hopefully at some point this will be realized as a book, but it's a I I work slowly through projects. Yeah. And so hopefully this will be something that eventually I figure out how to put it together as a book. So do you have what's the tentative title of the project? Uh tentatively it's last summer. Last summer, okay. Um, and that's the one you have on your website. It is partially. I okay. haven't updated that in a bit. Hopefully I will be soon, although I probably still this is a pretty hefty stack of prints. Uh -huh. Some of these won't be up there. There's a lot of these probably have shown up on my Tumblr, uh -huh. which is really just like a hardly even an editing thing. It's just like, if I make a scan and I think it's like decent, I just like right. put it on there it's and I don't, I, like, I don't think about it. Yeah. And it's always curious to me to see the ones that people respond to and don't. Because uh -huh. Tumblr is like a crazy world I don't fully <laughs> understand. It's, it'll be like, oh, some like Korean teenager like reblogged this and then something like, it's like, <laughs> yep. Yep. all this stuff and I like don't understand, I don't know how that happened. So what's the, I mean, what would you say is like the theme of the project? What do you kind of, um, like going for, I mean, it's a mix of portraits and landscape. And, yeah, and, I mean, so there could be a pictures, I guess, in theory of anything, but there's uh -huh. like, I think, and it's not like so much about like the things I'm photographing as much as it is after like a feeling, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and this idea that like summer is like amazing generally. <laughs> it's like it's like something that like everyone looks forward to, or at least like. There's like so many things culturally that you look forward to it too. Like as a kid, like you can't wait for school to get out for the summer, yes. right? And like, and that's like repeated in a lot of ways. And like, you know, there's this idea of like summer love, and uh -huh. then there's this idea of like, and then you just like want these things. You want to hold on to these things, but you know at the same time you can't. That they'll like they'll, they'll always slip away, right? And like right. that's like there's something like really beautiful to me in that. It's like poignant, and it's like, and it's, it's also something that like there's like you know. It's exciting, like the right. anticipation of like something that like you know won't last is is like is really great. So so, like, <laughs> so you only shoot, but you're only photographing in the summer, obviously. Uh, well, or is I, it I more try to photograph right. on like at least the shoulder seasons. I think uh -huh. like I think in spring, like to me, like so much of spring is like oh the flowers are starting to come out, uh -huh. like the snow is melting, like it's like but all that's about like summer coming, mm -hmm. and the okay. fall is like. Also, like, I really try and push the shoulder seasons, right, and, and, right. Like, and you know, I like, have pictures in the middle of winter. I don't think they quite work. I've like, uh -huh. edited those out. I don't know what I'll do with them. But, huh. um, and so, but like you know, how uh, taking pictures of these things, like whether it's a portrait or whatever, like how how do I get that? So they talk about this feeling. I can talk, you know, I maybe could write something that sounds nice about that. But that's like the the struggle I have currently is like how do I get this. Like kind of abstract idea to like resonate photographically, and like whenever I've like been making pictures, the pictures that like I always am like trying to make or respond to, I'm like, and it's not even just my own work; it's probably other people's work too. Mm -hmm. Like that, like the ones that have like emotional value, right? And like, the, like you know, we can you can talk all day about like pictures as like you know conveying things that were in front of the lens, but really, what's more interesting the ones that like move you? What, right. Where's the passion? Like, right. and that's like what people want, and so I like it's it can be a Difficult thing to figure out, so I'm like still trying to 
to experiment. But you kind of, you, I mean, in terms of like the landscape, you just kind of go out and, I mean, do you research the places you want to go or you just kind of get out of the car or get out, you know, out the mix. door and you walk? And I mean, walking is related to these pictures. Yeah. Um, I think like walking is a... Oh, don't get us started on walking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can talk about walk. I mean, walking to me is a, a mystical, magical thing. You don't, yeah. your brain... When you're out on those three or four hours, something happens to the way you perceive time. And, Absolutely. And, and when you, like, bring the camera into that, too, like, that focus and that attention, you get into just a different space of, of looking yeah. and perception. And, I mean, there's, I've been reading Rebecca Solnit's book on... That's what I'm reading, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she, I mean, she goes more into kind of the politics, too, which is very interesting. Sure. And, you know, because you even got to think, like, who has the right to go out and walk and do these stuff? And that's something that I think about. Like, it actually is a privilege where I can take these three or four hours on the weekend and go to Long Island and just roam around. It, Absolutely. And it's, you know, so it's kind of interesting to think about it as like a political act too. Because those, when you're out walking and doing that stuff, you're not consuming like other stuff. You're not even watching TV. You're experiencing like reality in the world in a different way. But that's impossible to put into the photographs, right? Well, it's, it's there. Like <laughs> yeah. I think, like how you like you know process it does show up in some way. And like that was you know that's well, I'm not sure where I was going with that. But like <laughs> there's I guess like there's the thing with like walking to that I think Rebecca Solomon mentions is in some ways that like there's uh, it's not like time that can be valued. Like it, it's like there's so much in the, today's culture about like making things efficient and valuable. Right. And so, like, you know, apps on your phone are designed to make you a more productive worker. So, like, right. and, and, like, so this means you can, like, work more. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, you know, so now, and then, like, we can drive somewhere so we get there faster. And, like, you're still in your own, like, personal space. So, uh -huh. like, even, like, public transportation, it's, like, you're, you're still just, like, going somewhere you can be on your phone. Yeah, and Doing yeah. stuff. And you can always be getting stuff done. But, like, walking is, like, you're just... Like doing things, like, yeah. it's like it's like making the in between space between being home and being away, like, yes. like productive mentally. And it's like as if this idea, like people might describe that as like nothing, but it's like the idea of doing nothing is extremely like emotionally valuable. Yeah. And so I think like with that mindset, some of that can start to come across into things like you know like that like photograph. Like I don't know, and like you know that happens on walking. I think yeah. it's there. I just don't think it's like a photographic element. Right. As much 100%. As it is something you can read into things and like understand the context for how things are made. Hundred percent. I mean I you I always have like photographic problems and you'll sit for weeks or whatever in my head trying to figure this thing out. And I always have to remind myself, like once you get out the door walking, the answers are there. Mm -hmm. That's where they are. And it happens all the time, once you start that walk, 20 minutes into it, all of a sudden, the problems, you start to work them out and then they go away and you see, you understand it visually because you're out and your head is in a different place. I mean, some of my best stuff is just in the morning right away when your head is cleared from the night and you're just, boom. It's, it's, yeah. it's insane, like, you know, so I, I really like the, what you said about the idea of it's not necessarily productive because you can walk, mm -hmm. And you end up, okay, where am I going to go? I'm going to go left. And sometimes, like, that's a, not the best choice. But oh. it's still part of it. Yeah. Because you have to go down that path. You have to go to that dead end or wherever it is. I have so many times where I've been out walking. I'm like, why? It's 3.37 in the afternoon. I'm stuck on this crappy corner in Queens. I'm like, why am I here? But then you remember, 
that's exactly why this I'm here. Point. This is yeah. the point, you yeah. know? And like, to me, there's something like incredibly beautiful about that, you know? Well, that of relates, just being in that place. Yeah, you know? that, that relates extremely well to the like, creative process to me. Like, even just like grad school, like, going to grad school is like a headache. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a series of like questions that you can't answer either because like you're ill-equipped to at this point or you don't understand what you're doing. And, or like that you don't, like, re, like should realize you don't need to answer that question. And it's like figuring out like, like what, like going through all of that, and it's like you're, you're like sorting through muck. Like, <laughs> right. like some of it's like your own work is muck. Some uh-huh. of it's like some of the like like influences around you are like it's, it's just like you, once you get through it though, like you, it's even if like the negative experiences are extremely informative. Like uh-huh. I think it like makes you a more focused artist in that like you realize like how you want to work. Right. And, like right. you you realize like how you're going to like develop a body of work. Yeah. And, oh man, it's so hard. I mean, I, I'm self taught. And like that was part of why I got into blogging is like I was devouring mm-hmm. my education basically comes through absorbing stuff that I find through the web. I mean, that's just what it was. I'm one of those, I started out as a writer and I kind of like went into photography. It wasn't like I had this goal of being a photographer. So it was, you know, to me, it's always been this like progression of, you know, trying to articulate what, you know, what I'm doing with my art. And I, I, and I always thought like I loved kind of like the spontaneity of just being able to go out and make the pictures. And I love kind of the pictures that I've done in that. But now like that I've had years to look at it, it's like there's only one level here, you know? There's like the one level of that immediate kind of remembrance of being in that place. I'm like, I like that and I did it. But now my head is like, okay, but there's other elements, levels that you're not layering onto, you know? Mm -hmm. So I imagine it's the same kind of, you know, way that you go into, you know, you go to grad school and it's kind of you, you, your assumptions get picked apart and you kind of like have to engage with your own work and ideas in a more kind of complex manner. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, I'm trying to like, this part of the reason I think I work slowly is it takes a while for me to figure those things out. And like, it takes a while for me to like push myself forward and stop doing things the same way over and over and over again. So like, I've walked by certain things a lot, and I photograph them a lot, and yeah. I keep doing it, right. and it's like, at some point, the pictures are just like, like, I mean, either maybe that's a thing, too, but like it's figuring out, like, okay, I'm responding to something, what is it, why am I doing this? Right. Yes. But it's also like, try, and then, you know, I want to develop multiple layers to work. I think, like, all of the really great work out there has multiple layers, and right. it, like, gets, you know, and then, like, it can be talked about in a lot of different ways and having like a lot of multiple facets to it that make it really interesting and stuff and so you know trying to work those things into a project is like why it ends up being such a long-term endeavor and like commitment and but it also makes it fun i mean we should probably look at these prints yeah yeah. how about we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk to talk about some books but man that one that half hour went by pretty quick it could keep going but we'll be back and we'll be back in a second Discuss photo books. I think we're going to keep this a little bit open-ended and loose. I have McNair Evans' book, Confessions of a Son, which is one of the best books I've bought recently in the last year. 
Essentially, he went back to his his hometown and kind of, after his father died, like, kind of reevaluated how he felt about his hometown and like his parents' business and those sort of things. Like, he learned that his dad, the business wasn't what it, like he thought it was growing up. So it was just kind of like digging into his father's past. But I just think it's really beautiful. Yeah, printed and it's very personal. He's got um, the pullouts with um, the actual letters that he wrote to his father. That I think we'll have up on the Tumblr. But yeah, this feels, you know, this is one of those kind of like personal projects that, you know, it just feels like he kind of mixed it all together really well. So that's an act, that's a letter? Yeah, that, yeah. So yeah, it looks like something that someone has just put in the book. No. It looks like a real handwritten letter. You know, and sometimes that stuff can get a little cutesy for me, you know, yeah. you know letters. I'm kind of like, you know, but, it, and that's the interesting thing is sometimes I feel the books are over designed and it gets in the way. And that, I find that really annoying, but it's not in this one, I don't think. You know, sometimes the the, the gates, the gate folds, you oh, come on. You know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is, I think you really kind of nailed it. Um, and he's done some other stuff. He's shooting on the Amtrak too. I don't know if you've ever seen those pictures. Um, I think I've seen them online. I'm not, I don't know how familiar right. I am with So I them. assume working with, with Alec, I mean, you, People are sending him mountains of books. I mean, yeah, they get they show insane. up. He's got to have an insane collection. He's got an amazing library. It's it's probably something I should take more advantage of than <laughs> I do because like it's easy to forget about something that's there every day. But you know, I try and look at stuff and like, and sometimes I'll know things are going to show up soon just because uh -huh. I know it's coming out and I know they'll probably send it. And so there's like a table where stuff like gets stacked up that's new. And at some point, like an intern will put it on Tumblr as like recent acquisitions right. or whatever. Cause like, or recently received, cause people just send stuff and that's like the easiest thank you that like the studio can do yeah, is, is like link to it. And like Alex got a bunch of followers and you know, he's like overwhelmed with, with people sending him stuff. And it's, it's really amazing. Like that the community that like people like yeah. reach out to him. So what is what's come across recently that you think is interesting? Oh, I mean, if you have if you get to see that many books, I'm really curious to see you know what you think has caught your eye recently. And what have I seen recently? Um, <laughs> not, I mean, it's my friend, so much friend, pressure. Yeah. Been doing a lot of printing. Yeah, it's been crazy the last since like November started. Yeah, my friend. When we talked about this in another episode too, Cyril. Uh, Grand Circle Diego, which is a new book that I think is pretty interesting. But I mean, the problem, you know, it's it's difficult because at the end of the year, PhotoEye does the top ten list, and you have all these different mm -hmm. people, and it's uh, it's it's there's just a lot of variety of stuff out there. I don't think there's a lot of definitive kind of books these days, you know, other than you know Alex Soth and a few kind of bigger names. But and that's you know. It's good and it's bad. You go to the, the art book fairs and there's just so much stuff and you're kind of like, how do you digest it? I assume it's the same way. You know, yeah, it's overwhelming. I know. I mean, it's like overwhelming, I think, for Alec to like have that many arrive. I don't know how many like he can like spend time with even. Uh -huh. I mean, he so looks he, at them. I know that. He just kind of like browses through them and then he figures out if he likes it, he kind of maybe take a second look or just... I mean, yeah, they end up in the library. I mean, like, okay. he's his, like, whole, he has, like, a, we'll call it the cave. It's like, <laughs> and it's, it's just, like, he's got real, like, library bookshelves, and it's, like, organized, and I think, like, they're going through right now with, like, really, like, 
it's like digitizing it. I think he's going to wow. be able to access it on his phone. I think there's an wow. app for it. This like, is like this is not something I do, but I think there's like a way to go through and like take a picture of the cover and like it like puts in the name and like. Oh, like so the, he's going to create. So he's going to basically have okay the I mean, photo book library of Congress. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean <laughs> it's just like his personal library, so he can keep it organized and know where stuff is and like. But it's like you know every once in a while if it's like a slow day around and he's you know I can I could walk over and ask him to play librarian too and he could. He'll hand me something I probably haven't seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Does he have like a lot of old classic expensive ones? Like we had in a recent episode, we saw Ravens, you know, mm. that I didn't, you know, it's almost impossible to get your hands on. Does he have a lot of old collectibles? Um, or does he buy those? Is he actively looking for that? Or is he kind of just into the stuff that's sent to him? I don't think he's buying too much right now. Mm -hmm. I think like, he gets a lot of like new stuff. I mean, because he's... Also, just got like a lot of friends in the industry too. Uh -huh. So, like, even like more well-known, established people will be sending him. Like, he gets. I mean, I don't know how they had that worked out, but he gets. He gets a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't always yeah. know. They show up in the mail. They're there. They stack up in a in a certain place. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I was. You know, that's what I do. If I came in with some money or whatever, I try to go and old buy old ones and see. But but then you're a different. It's a different. Then you're a collector, and I'm sure he's. You know. Pretty devoted to being a photographer first, you know. That's funny, yeah. I mean, we also have some like, yeah, he's made like some print trays. So there's like a cool Jim Goldberg on the studio or something on the studio wall, and there's actually, uh, I mean, there's there's some really amazing stuff at work. Yeah, there's like an Avedon contact sheet, huh. <laughs> and there's like uh, the uh, August Sander picture of uh, the three young farmers on their way to like a dance. That prints on the wall. The oh wow. Wow, and that's so he's, yeah. So, I mean, that's, he just got the light. I don't yeah. know. I feel like we could just sit here and talk about Alex Holt the rest of the Yeah, time. I feel bad. Like, there's like, I, I don't really want to <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah. talk about where I work. Yeah, yeah. It's, but I mean, you know, he's, he's one of those, the central voice kind of like out there these days. So it's kind of, I mean, it's, he's, it's, yeah, he's at the top of the game. You guys, so you guys talked about Minnesota a lot. What's what's your experience like going back to Virginia now? Because Ethan and I are actually both from Virginia. Uh huh. Yeah, I born and raised in Virginia, um, and I don't know. I only go back like once or twice a year. It's so yeah. It's funny. I always go like Christmas, and it's funny how like it's brown. Like it's because <laughs> <laughs> like Minnesota is usually white, and then yeah, right. you leave and you go, and it's like it's like. Kind of 20 degrees warmer and like it's not as pretty like yeah. <laughs> it's actually like like the minnesota winter is like i mean it's like harsh but oh. there's like so many great things about it um mm. which is in you know they've i guess because it's that long and like there's that much snow like people are going to do stuff to embrace it like it's yeah. fun to go out and like walk on a lake and like see people playing outdoor hockey and like yeah, yeah. doing that stuff so having know. fun in winter having fun yeah. in winter. <laughs> i mean yeah you always the thing is is like what what really stinks is to me it's more of like the brutal cold i mean because sometimes you'll get it where it's like negative 15 degrees for a week and like i can deal with the snow but it gets like insanely cold there and then driving so that's <laughs> what, that's why i can deal with new york winters because i don't have to drive you know minnesota you get caught in some sort of like winter storm and your half an hour commute turns into a three hour drive home you know mm -hmm. so i don't know do you are you drive in minneapolis a car or do you use public transportation? I drive. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's like my least favorite thing about living there. Hmm. Um, you I can't walk around that too much. Well, you well, can, you can yeah. but it's just like it's a little spread out and it's like 
public transportation isn't great. They uh -huh. have like built a light rail, so you can now get from downtown to St. Paul to downtown Minneapolis uh -huh. on a train. Hmm. It's like street level. Um, and that's like actually goes close to the studio and stuff, but it doesn't go close to where I live. Mm. Um, and but like driving's faster. Like it's like you know, like living in New York, like it's insane to drive to like yeah. Manhattan. Like why would right. you do that? But like <laughs> yeah. you know, in Minneapolis, like well yeah, it's faster, and I can park right by the door, and it's yeah. like it, my car's warm, and like <laughs> yeah. but so but like it's I don't want to have to have a car. I don't want to like pay for a car. Yeah. I don't like. But the the best thing about a car is like I use it to make pictures sometimes. So right, like, right. So like I'll like you know throw the four by five in the trunk and like get my a camera to walk around with and like drive somewhere and like. So it, do you ever go do you outside Minneapolis? Have you went up north like northern Minnesota? Oh yet? yeah, I've been yeah. all over. Um, oh really? Yeah. Where is it, like the most interesting place that you've been outside Minneapolis? You think um, that you like? I really like Duluth. Yeah? yeah, yeah, I did yeah. too. Actually, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Duluth is like a crazy landscape that yeah. like might be shocking because it's like you know I guess people think of Minnesota as the Midwest. Yeah. But, um, which you know you say that you think flat and like so Duluth is at the tip of Lake Superior mm -hmm. and it's like a huge mining town. Yeah. So like. There's like the Iron Range the Iron in Minnesota Range, yep, yep. is rich in iron ore, and mm -hmm. they ship it out of Duluth yep. all, all over. Um, and so, but Duluth is like geographically, like it's like San Francisco. Like the like the streets hills. go like straight up hills. Yep. Yeah, yep. And, it's very steep. And um, so it's kind of great. You can go up there. I mean, I have. There's a couple pictures I think in here that are from Duluth. Duluth. Um, and and then you have like the weird experience of looking at this lake, and it's fresh water, and it smells like fresh water. Yeah, and like. But it looks like an ocean. ocean like yeah, so, right. like my eyes and like and, and I grew up on the East Coast. Like I know the ocean. I love the ocean. Uh -huh. And like the like so like it's something like feels slightly off when I'm looking at this thing. My eyes tell me this is an ocean, and it's not. <laughs> like it doesn't smell like it. It's not acting like it. It's like really, yeah. really kind of interesting to me. I think that didn't the Edmund Fitzgerald like make it sail out of there like its final. Yeah, I mean, there's like crazy shipwrecks that have happened in Lake yeah. Superior. Um, yeah. I mean, they get like storms across there, and there'll be like sixty foot waves and storms or something. Like it's a huge body of water. Yeah, and like driving along the North Shore out of Duluth and up to like someplace like Grand Marais. I mean, there's like like Grand Marais is like it's sort of like this gateway to like all this like outdoorsy stuff in yeah. Minnesota. Like yep. you can go out and do camping and the boundary waters yeah and there's the boundary the waters this lake of the i mean it's crazy up northern i if i went back and did something in minnesota it would definitely be about northern minnesota yeah and days are creepishly yeah. long in the summer oh, but it's weird that's why did you watch the fargo tv show i haven't we we're actually just talking about that uh yesterday um you have it's a weird experience because i like i'm sitting there watching i'm like here is a dark you know like new tv or like you know Golden Age of TV show about Northern Minnesota. I mean, that's exactly where I would want to put one of these shows, and they're doing it, you know? And yeah. it's just as weird as you think it would be, but it is. It's the deep north. I just read an article in the Wall Street Journal of how, you know, Mark Dayton, the governor, uh -huh. his sons are starting like, have some sort of fancy kind of like retail shop and they're trying to re yeah, yeah they're trying to rebrand minnesota just as north yes so there's like a huge thing there was a panel discussion at the walker <laughs> oh like, really yeah. it's already there oh yeah i mean like I they're pretty connected there's the governor <laughs> yeah i mean i suppose i suppose if it reaches the wall street journal it's already kind of been a, a 
big thing locally, you know. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I always thought about it as like this is not the Midwest. This is the Upper Midwest. This is the deep North. I mean, yeah, this is it is it the is, North, you know? and it feels like the North yeah. too. I mean, the, and I mean, yeah, like I, one of one of the one of the Dayton said something like their dream is to have like a weather person just like point to the map like up oh, and here in the North it's gonna be like <laughs> yeah. you know twenty below tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but like that's like, it's always referred to as the Midwest, and it's like different. It is different than other parts of the Midwest, for yeah. sure. I mean, even if you have you been able to go into North Dakota yet? Mm-hmm. I've been to Fargo. Yeah. Some of these pictures are from Fargo. Oh. But even like the flat, like when North Dakota gets flat, it's just like, oof, man, it's bleak. It is really bleak, you know. But it, obviously, everything changed once the oil. All that yeah, that's an amazing you know? thing going on up there. There's been a couple, pri- I mean, Alec obviously went and did his think the New York Times there that was pretty intense but there's been a few things and you can there's a huge article I think in the New York Times about all the corruption that coming because all the money pours in and you have all these people that are going to work there so then you have all these new industries that are popping up and like yeah yeah it's 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 all changing a lot right now too yeah (laughs) but like North Dakota is like the Saudi Arabia of the United States now essentially Mm -hmm. they're like pumping out so much oil there that that's why we haven't been dependent on the Middle East and why oil prices are going down. Some of those no, are. I mean, that's not why the oil prices have gone down. Yeah, because we're not, we, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> getting into economics, but yeah. I mean, it's one of, like, we're, you know, we're producing more oil ourselves, so we, you know. But anyways, well, I have yeah. to go and check it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of those, to go back to, like, photo books a little bit, like, some of those pictures that Alec made on the New York Times were oh. in Songbook, and that's, like, oh, one okay. of the things that's different. Like, if you're familiar with those pictures that, like, have become this songbook that you might have seen them in, like, the Little Brown Mushroom. Yeah, like, yeah. Dispatch, and there's newspapers that he made uh, collaborating with the writer, like, Brad Zeller. Yep. And, you know, those pictures are... And so those pictures are focused on these, like, things. That, and like, some of it's, like, the histories in those areas, too, to some extent. But then... You know, he songbook includes pictures made with, outside of that collaboration. Right. So one such instance was the trip to uh, North it's Dakota. It's yeah. like that amazing picture that was on the cover of the New York Times magazine of yeah. the the guy, the portrait. Yeah, he's no. I mean, that's I was always wondering when he decided to shoot that black and white stuff. But you know, that's kind of one of the things I really like him. I and mean, I think we talked about this a little bit with Noah the other day, where. Just choosing the aesthetic for the project and not being like bound to just shooting four by five color. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel that in your own? Do you do other stuff other than shooting with the six by nine, or do you shoot? You know, well, experiment on other kind of like black and white or things like that. Or are you you more on building your kind of um, this color aesthetic? I don't know about black and white. Part of summer to me is there's like a real color in the pleasure mm-hmm. of summer. Absolutely. Um, and in some ways, so I've been like playing around as this project develops and adding like a conceptual layer to it and something uh-huh. I think there's like a way of trying to print some of these pictures with like a, a bright warmth that is oh, like okay. could be really useful for getting across that feeling of being in the sun uh-huh. um, and so and not every picture but just like certain ones yeah. could be like brighter and warmer and like I mean like that's something not not like I don't want to print them as light as like Paul Graham uh-huh. I have in some uh-huh. of his work but the idea that you can print some lighter and darker and like, use that to like, affect mood and feeling and like having a relationship to the like, materiality of like what you're yeah. making to and like oh making. this is this is great so how so you scan obviously you do the drum scanning and then do you do all your corrections in Lightroom or Photoshop Photoshop so you you're still a straight Photoshop I am I mean yeah. I feel like if I had raw files and stuff like Lightroom would be useful right. but okay. I don't, my workflow so, doesn't use that so how do you okay so you got them and then you tweak 
And then the, the printing process, I mean, you're doing a lot of the color correction just in the printing process, or you're going back to the file. See, this is, this is where I'm so ignorant about printing. <laughs> like, no, that's you know. Um, well, so right now I'm like experimenting with how like I think they should look uh -huh. and trying to figure that out. My initial, like when I'm editing work and when I'm like doing this and that, I'm like, I have, we, at the studio we have a Flex, Emicon Flex Flexite too. Uh -huh. It's significantly faster than a drum scanner. Uh -huh. um, so I make all my work scans on that. Okay. So I, I, do, I scan a whole bunch that way and just make pretty quick corrections. So uh -huh. before I decide if they're good and then like I'll rescan or, or spend more time on the Flexite scan depending on what I'm doing. But so I guess initially my starting point is just like a general like decent exposure and decent color correction mm -hmm. and not like really tweaking it. So two, in my phase of like experimenting with how I want them to look and like treating them as like thinking about them as like these, you know, the photographs as more of like an object and uh -huh. like a really carefully printed thing, I've been, my starting point has been a somewhat finished like file uh -huh. and like okay. going from there. Okay, okay. Um, it remains to be seen if I like start over at some point to like see if I get more highlight or shadow okay. detail out, which is like a really sort of, just like a technical thing. Yeah. Well, I think people listening to they're into that <laughs> stuff. I mean, they're definitely the people. I mean, because I just, you know, all I make is little four by six crappy prints and like that's kind of working on. So it's it's really hard to go to the next level and I don't know, you know, it's, I want to try to decide yeah. is like, well, you know, what do I do here? You know, because I'm not a printer. I don't, you know, yeah. it's like if you don't kind of get it, I mean, I, I know intuitively how I want it to look, but I don't think I can, like achieve that, you know? So, I mean, yeah, how, so do you think you feel, because there are a lot of people that aren't, they won't even mess with the printing, but to me it seems like so integral to your process of figuring out what. I mean, yeah, well I know enough about printing to like be able to do it all myself. So I mean, I guess there's certain photographers I would need to utilize like a professional printer. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I do. So, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. so um, so I guess that's something I probably think about more than other people too. Yeah. Like you know, my my like work life greatly influences my like art life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like a part of it. Like I don't try and separate it really. Um, but like, I mean, but also like you know, my my process has like experiment room for experimental stuff in it. Like I have I mean, this last summer project is like using multiple cameras. Uh -huh. So you know, the when I'm out. You know, I, I'll take a neighborhood walk and just carry a camera that I can walk with, which right. would be like mostly it's like the Fuji six nine rangefinder. Uh -huh. um, but you know, I've then I was like, I, but I'll put the four by five in the car if I'm driving up to like if I want to go to Bemidji and photograph right. for the weekend, and then like or a day or Duluth or something. So, but is it about. all just this one project? I guess that's kind of what I was getting. Is it just no. this project or do you have other projects you're working on? I mean, I photograph all the time. Am, am I working on a concrete project? I don't know. I mean, right? I, yeah. <laughs> Like there, I, th I think there's like a way to use the context of walking for pictures I have that don't fit into the summer project. Uh -huh. I mean, I, like I've been, like I think my website now there's a gallery called Trees, and it's like there's like a totally just like I like these pictures. I don't know what to do with them yet, right. and it's like me trying to figure it out. Like I don't take, I guess I don't take my website maybe as seriously as I should. Like I forget that other people actually are gonna go look at it, right, and it's right. like like when I don't tell them to, you know, like so. Uh, there's like a gallery, like the trees gallery is like, okay, I walk around, I take these pictures, there's like something interesting to me about them, and like, I like these ones I have of trees. There's like, 
just as many pictures of like other things that aren't trees that I could put in that gallery. And I'm like, maybe going to do that in uh-huh. the next like three months as I like update the website or something. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm always like removing and deleting stuff from the web. Like I'd clean out my Tumblr. So I use it to work on edits because uh-huh. I really push myself to try to like deal with my archive and really see what's there, you know, cause a lot of times my initial conception for a project, I don't think, it's fine. It's hell, you know, it's a nice way to get like a baseline edit, but I don't now that I've been digging deeper into the archive, I'm seeing different connections mm-hmm. between photographs. Maybe just because there's enough time span now between when I shot them and I have enough material around it. But to me, yeah, going into the archive and trying to find those different connections and then okay, what's there? And then how do you expand on it? You know, I, I think is really interesting. Um Ed, you know Ed Pinar? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of works in a very similar way where he just goes out and takes the pictures, and then it's all in the editing process. He kind of figures out where he's at, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, like that's I think that's the lo- it's a longer process, you know, because you're not setting out to kind of do this one thing and just go out and execute, you know. I mean, there's like broad things I think I might be interested in exploring. Like mm-hmm. I've always been like drawn to like sports but i haven't been able to figure out exactly the way i want to photograph mm. it that like gets it across and like the right things right and it's like but maybe that's like also being drawn to like oh i love summer like these are really broad things and yeah, it's like, yeah 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 it's like i don't know how to like how do i narrow this down into like a project that like makes sense and is cohesive and is like tight like you know there, there's it's really like i mean this is a stack of like i don't even know how many prints are in here and like, uh-huh. uh, like but i have i have more too that like it's just like there's and there's like there's ones that can say on the good pictures, but uh-huh. like I don't know what purpose it serves and like how does it move a project forward? I don't know. I have to like it spends a lot of time like figuring that right, out. Right, right. Yeah, no, I yeah, it's I don't know. I just keep throwing ended up throwing out so many pictures that I once thought were like they worked and it's just kind of depressing, you know. Yeah, like you gotta kill your babies. You like. gotta kill yeah, yeah. And I just I, I don't know, you know, I but to me I make like in no hurry as well either. Because my thing is like, okay, I can make these book dummies, and my, it, to me, it's like if it doesn't ta- like, if it doesn't stand the test of time, if I don't like it a year later or two years later, then it's probably not there, you know. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are in too much of a hurry to put out their photo book, you know, and like a lot of times, I think that shortcuts where it could potentially go, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I want to make a book, but I want the book to be like right, and it doesn't. Right. I don't even feel right, like figuring it out yet like I know there's pictures I'm missing and I think like like I, I, there's this there's just so many different ways to talk about summer and I want to like get that feeling right like it's uh-huh. both got anticipation in it and it's both and it also has like this like thing that's ending this temporal that's like that's too brief but it, and, like there's and there's like it has this sense of like part of summer you know because you look back on past summers and part right. of summer you know because you look forward to like how good the upcoming one could be and like there's I think there's like and that's part of the reason I use two cameras or three uh-huh, cameras uh-huh. is like I think different cameras lend themselves to making different kinds of pictures. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like I've used like a really terrible Olympus point and shoot. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I have those pictures and I haven't like those aren't in this stack of prints at all because uh-huh. I don't know like where those fit. But those exist and those, some of those could be great and like yeah. I have to go through and like rescan them and edit them. What is it? So it's the what what Olympus is it? The stylus. Stylus yeah. epic. Yeah. Oh man, that camera 
because I had one, but it died. Like oh, I have three that are dead. Yeah. I can't. Find We're filming it. it. Yeah, I have. I, I have like three with unprocessed film in it that like uh, are you know I have like three or four frames if I can't get it to rewind and it's like. What uh, do? Yeah, yeah. I had the XA was my favorite. Yeah. I mean, having that XA was just like crazy. But again, that one broke too. Yeah, so I bought like, another I, one. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. Thirty-five millimeter film drives me crazy because I don't want to scan this, and it's like. <laughs> 36 rolls and it's like what's the point and I might get one photo and like so if I do 35 I'm like I'm just gonna shoot digital because it's I can't film. you know I know I'm over <laughs> that kind of like for me the miss it's like the 120 I mean I don't know once yeah. when I see the color on that 120 and just the it's way the, the Mamiya renders the scene I'm like I don't you know if I'm gonna shoot yeah. Yeah. And I love the four by five too. The sharpness of the four by oh, five yeah. is like amazing. Yeah, and like there's and like part of it though is like for me is like the Olympus has none of this, but like the one twenty and four by five. Like I love the cameras. I love the way they work. Right, and like, right. And like there's like, there's no digital camera that works like a four by five. Right, right. <laughs> and, and it's like that that process is like inter there are certain portraits I've made that like that that picture can't exist with another camera. Right. Wow. And so like there is like an integral part to that process of like slowness standing there and the way they hold themselves in front of a camera that like I ask them to be slow and still and that like then I can set it up and it's focused and I can stand to the side uh-huh. and like have a rapport with them without the camera between us like right. that is that those is like those portraits would be like inherently different if they were with a different camera oh yeah it's true. absolutely well, I, I mean, I look for, I can't, you know, whether it's in two years, five years, or ten years, I look forward to the book. And man, Hopefully we, it's sort of in that Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, yeah it's been a pleasure. Game. I'd love, we'd love to come to Minneapolis. Yeah. Point. Hey, yeah. Have us I up. think that'd be great. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at LPV Show. 